Welcome to For the Greater Good, a podcast brought to you by the Independent Grocers Alliance. And now your host, John Ross. Well, hello, IGA family. It's John Ross here. And this is another episode of my personal podcast, which is For the Greater Good. And the whole point of this is to talk with industry executives, leaders who have made a decision on behalf of their companies to try to make our world a better place for our children and our grandchildren. And of course, we're talking about sustainability issues. Today, my special guest is the CEO of Coca-Cola, James Quincy. James, thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me, John. Well, I think it's going to be an easy conversation today because I know Coca-Cola is committed to this, but not everyone watching knows you, uh, you know, sits on a board with you, knows you as well as I do. So why don't you do a quick introduction, something about your background and kind of how you got to the job that you have and maybe something personal that people wouldn't know. Sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm obviously from my accent, or perhaps not quite as obviously. Um, I'm British, born in the, born in London, born in the UK. Uh, I grew up there, and um, you know, uh, eventually, because I was good at sciences, I actually ended up uh, doing electronic engineering at university, which was kind of on the front edge uh, in the '80s when I did it. Um, but I found that I actually enjoyed business more than designing semiconductors. Uh, went on, left university, went in consulting for. Uh, just over 10 years until 96, uh, I was enticed to the Coca-Cola company and I've been there ever since and working up through a series of jobs, uh, running operations all around the world uh, and finally uh, just over five years ago taking over as chief executive uh, of this fantastic company and um, when I do get the odd spare minute, uh, which is and it's not easy in Atlanta, I love to go skiing because it's not that cold there but uh, other than that, great to be with you. Yeah, not a lot of lot, lot of good skiing within uh, within a drive of our houses. Uh, so I live in Atlanta as well. Um, uh, so I think I think it's interesting, you know, for 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 you know, people tend to get isolated. They either have you know domestic jobs or they have global jobs. And these global jobs they give you this really cool perspective. IGA with sixty five hundred stores now, almost sixty five hundred stores worldwide. Um, you go to these different communities and you're able to see through the lens of the folks that work there and serve customers every day, you can see both how common and how different our world can be. And it really brings into sharp relief some of the issues that we're going to talk about today, sustainability, because whatever issue we're talking about here, you can probably find a country someplace else which has those problems, you know, even, even greater. So um, I, I think, I think I'm, I'm very interested and I think the audience will be very interested about uh, your role both in CGF and your role as a CEO at Coca-Cola, setting objectives for sustainability. And um, I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about both. Sure. Um, perhaps let me talk, start with Coca-Cola and then go on to CGF and say a little about how, how we see the two connecting. Um, I mean, very simply, uh, our overarching philosophy is it's very difficult uh, in the long run to have a stain sustainable business a valuable business without a sustainable uh, and healthy uh, community in which that business is based. Uh, and so we see very much uh, the need to engage on a whole set of uh, issues to ensure the long-term viability of the business and, and of the communities. Um, and some of those obvious examples are in the sustainability field and in the case of Coca-Cola, self-evidently things like water uh, and, and, and packaging uh, to, take a, to take a couple of them. Uh, and so, Coke, uh, we're very much of the thought, if we want to be able to have a diverse packaging portfolio well into the future, uh, we need to be able to address the societal issues we know are out there, whether it's to do with waste, 
packaging that gets thrown away that ends up in the wrong where it shouldn't. Uh, and then the use of uh, new raw materials or whatever sort, uh, aluminium, uh, uh, plastic PET, um, and, and the energy associated with that. And, and actually two things come together. We launched a program called World Without Waste, which is about generating a circular economy on packaging, basically getting back a bottle or can for everyone we sell and then making sure they're recycled and we set ourselves a goal of, of the amount we were going to use ourselves. So it's, it's core to our business uh, and it's also critically important from a societal point of view. So there are a set of areas in sustainability which we believe our actions, uh, although not necessarily driving the business in the short term, are critical for long-term uh, license to operate uh, well into the future and they're great uh, for society. And I think that ladders in and connects to how we see CGF, the Consumer Goods Forum, uh, how we play our role there. And as at the moment, I'm co-chair uh, with Daniel Zhang from, from Alibaba of the CGF. And very much there, you know, this is a collection of over 400 businesses, 400 uh, forum members um, who are trying to work collectively uh, to make sure uh, we can collectively talk about sustainable business in sustainable communities. And so very much at the moment, the membership is focused on uh, a set of priority areas broader than just the two I talked about for Coca-Cola, but including those. Um, and we're focused on how can we uh, share and set best practices around the world in pre-competitive uh, areas so that we can make a real difference because the Coca-Cola company can do something on its own, but acting in an ecosystem, acting with our peer manufacturers and peer uh, retailers, engaging with civil society and government, we can truly make impact at scale. And so we see the, the, the CGF both as an opportunity to learn uh, and an opportunity to see uh, impact at a much greater scale than any one individual can hope to achieve. And in the end, uh, from a societal point of view, solving some of these uh, important and profound problems can only be achieved by collective action uh, across industry, across government, across society. And so CGF provides a forum for that to be able to happen. Well, I'm a proud board member uh, alongside you, and uh, there are multiple pillars within that organization, and uh, reducing plastic waste in the oceans would be an example of one, or uh, making sure that we end uh, child labor and slave labor uh, worldwide, and which, which is an issue both uh, internationally and actually domestically. And so there's a lot of pillars on that. Not every company is involved in all pillars, but uh, the companies bring their expertise to those pillars, and that's what makes that organization so precious. But it also gives me hope for the future. You know, James, if, if I think about if I were to visit your offices there in, in, in Atlanta, you've got brilliant people working on two and three generation ahead technology. And if you think about our industry and the innovation that allows us to have a global supply chain and be able to get fresh blueberries to Bush, Alaska every single day and all the crazy things that we're able to, to do and the innovation in packaging and the innovation in, in product quality. And uh, you know, productivity of, the, of farming, you know, the American farm today is, is five times more productive than it used to be. And so you think about that science. And if you picked up those people, you just shift them a little bit and focus them on these issues about how do we make sure what we do lasts and, and, and improves the world, you know, in, in, in ways that about what we're talking about. Uh, I am very optimistic for the future. And Coca-Cola has, a, has, a, has a, um, a, a reputation of being a highly innovative co company on that front. Um, is there news specifically in your company that you wanted to talk about today? If you had a bunch of retailers in front of you and you wanted to say, hey, be proud of Coca-Cola because we're working on or we're doing this thing right now, what would, what would be the top thing you'd say? 
Yeah, let me let me jump into examples, but but perhaps do a segue to your point, which is, you know, for those who are interested in all the different coalitions of action of the Consumer Goods Forum, they have a website. It's very easy to find information, and anyone that wants to participate in those coalitions, and they cover a broad range of issues, and you named a few more of them. Uh, please do go uh, and and connect with CGF. Uh, there's a this is a lot of important stuff, and there's a lot of ways to interact there. So uh, let me let me go back to the question of innovations. Uh, you know, as you say, uh, we, we have been at the forefront of trying to innovate. Um, ultimately, we need to innovate because we need impact at huge scale across our global uh, business system. And if I just kind of focus in on packaging uh, again and just think about some of the new things that are coming and some of the things we've done um, that, in, that all, when you add them all up, start to make a difference. Um, you know, we've put out uh, a new uh, last last year, a hundred percent plant-based uh, plastic model. So instead of using virgin uh, fossil fuel, we've used essentially waste plant material and able to convert that uh, into new plastic. Uh, then we've also looked at innovation. Say, okay, but if we want to be able to recycle a bottle, sometimes in some countries, recycling the label on the bottle is harder than recycling the bottle. Can we find innovations where we can launch labelless bottles? Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, last year yeah, in Japan and then South Korea and now uh, into Hong Kong and mainland China, we've managed to, you know, obviously work with the technology to have a labelless uh, bottle, but also work with the regulation so that we're allowed to sell a labelless bottle. So the information that the consumer needs is contained uh, on the cap. Um, and so here you see the intersection of innovation both from a packaging and a manufacturing point of view, but also the regulatory innovation that's necessary in order to support all this change. And there, there are other uh, regulatory innovations that have been necessary. Like, a, you know, there are still countries where food grade uh, uh, recycled PET, you know, back from bottle to bottle, essentially, uh, is still not allowed on the regulation because they haven't got to that stage yet. So marrying the, the manufacturing innovation uh, with the regulatory innovation is important. Another simple example, um, we're a marketing company. We've we proudly celebrated the, the Sprite, our, 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 um, our clear brand, uh, our lemon lime brand, fantastic. Um, and but we've we've used a green bottle forever and a day. The reality of recycling is the green bottles are harder to recycle, and they kind of need to be separated out. And so. That's a complication for the recycling uh, uh, infrastructure, the inco ecosystem. So at the end of last year, we started pushing out across a whole set of markets, almost 50 markets last year, another 70 coming this year, including the US, uh, where we're gonna switch Sprite from his, its historic green bottle and its green identity into a clear bottle because uh, that way we can actually make recycling uh, much easier. So there you see an example where in a way, it's not a new technical innovation, but in order to facilitate and prioritize uh, driving a circular economy around packaging, uh, we have to go back to some of the fundamental precepts uh, of marketing and, 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 and what the brand is and, and, and what it stands for. Uh, other areas of innovation, um, sometimes you don't even see them. Uh, I've talked about things you can see. The things you don't see necessarily is lightweighting. Um, the, the, the simplest way to save money and, and, and to be more sustainable is just to use less material. And if you look at how, if you think back, I mean, you and I can talk about it, we're of a certain age. Think how, how thick are. and sturdy a can was when we were kids. Yeah. 
Now it's almost, it's like the, the breadth of a hair, a, a beverage can on the wall now. So this lightweighting process is tremendously important across the packaging spectrum uh, to basically use less material uh, from the beginning. And, 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 and in some places, we've been going back to refillable bottles. So even innovating by returning to something that we used to do, uh, going back to the past in a way and using more uh, refillable bottles, um, big in Latin America in large refillable PET bottles, experimenting with refillable glass bottles uh, uh, in, uh, in southern Texas. Um, so there we've talked about innovations into the future that you can see, innovations you, you can't see, innovations that we've you know, brought back uh, from the past. And, and even uh, in some parts of Europe, uh, innovated by having you know, at-home syrups so like pods uh, for beverages, which haven't been invented. But in the end, it's going to take all these innovations and more at scale. Um, and it's going to take the Coca-Cola company to do it. And it's going to take a lot of peer companies and retailers to embrace this so that we can evolve um, the, the industry um, supply chain infrastructure uh, to give, still give the, what the consumers want. They still want great brands uh, at great value. Um, but they want it to be more sustainable uh, into the future. And it's going to take the sum of all these innovations, the industries, and with the government support. J James, when you talk about it internally with your leadership team, do you see sustainability as a altruistic, uh, you know, an obligation, you know, sort of a human obligation? Or do you see it as a smart investment for a company to improve its competitive stance over the long term? Um, the, the reality is it's both. And as a business leader, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to think it's not just business necessary, but it's actually good for the planet. And the, the analogy I always use with people, uh, because I grew up in Birmingham, that's Birmingham, England, not Birmingham, Alabama, um, uh, is, you know, I grew up down the road from what in the 70s was the third largest automotive group in the world, which was British Leyland. British Leyland no longer exists. It went out of business a while ago. Uh, the problem British, one of the many problems British Leyland had, British Leyland used to think of quality as a cost center. So they used to make the cars in the factory. They used to poorly. They used to send them to the quality department who tried to remake them again. Better, but not complete. And then they'd sell them to you and you'd have to spend the weekend fixing them. And then someone came along and said, well, we've got this brilliant idea. We'll make quality an inherent part of the product. And then they didn't need an expensive quality department and the consumer could do something else at the weekend. Surprise, surprise, who won? British Leyland, gone. Uh, the foreign uh, car manufacturers came in and took over the whole industry. And for me, in a, in a very simple analogy, sustainability is the thing. If you think it's a cost center, that's British Leyland type thinking. It needs to be inherent and a core part of the proposition and the product. And then actually everything will work. So, James, we have this uh, an audit process where we'll go through a store and we'll look at the things that they can do to mostly reduce their energy signature. And you can go in and save, you know, with just five or six simple things, you can often save $100,000 a year. And it's things like replacing seals on, on, on freezers or it's turning the, the uh, a machine off when you're not using it. The, and uh, it's things like uh, not blocking the vents on the coolers. Because when you do that, the, everything works harder, and, the, and right, and these very, very simple things that you can do, and though that adds to a store's to-do list, right? 
In addition to all of the other things you've got, you've got to add to those. And that feels like a cost, but of course it pays for itself quickly. But then the next layer up is the things that in many cases we already do. We already recycle packaging and you can get, you can get revenue back on that used packaging and switching to different kinds of energy. Including we have a lot of stores that are switching to solar and that's saving them a lot of money and compact for, I mean, switching away from fluorescence to LED lighting, all these tasks that that you know you do in the moment because it's got a short-term cost benefit, but of course the long-term. If we were to cobble together all the things that retailers do now and put it out as kind of a business case, the local retailers are actually amazingly powerful in their ability to make a difference in their community. You mentioned legislation. That's one of them that we've got to work on. Recycling laws are, are, are even in the U.S., they, are, they vary by community and the availability of, of, of recycling is just, I mean, it's just all over the board. And if we want to make a difference, we're going to have to engage as a group with NGA and, and FMI and other organizations. Well, hey, I, I, think, I think you did a great job. I know you could, you could probably list another 50 examples of the things that a Coca-Cola is doing and you have a lot to be proud of. I, my last question for you is this, like if you were, a, if you're at your retirement party, right? And someone gets up on stage and they're making a speech and, you know, not a roast, but, you know, they're saying nice things about you. And, uh, and they would say, and, you know, James left a better world because of what? What would you want them to say? Um, well, uh, as you say, it'd be nice if it wasn't a roast. Yeah. Um, I think I, I want them to say, you know, he inspired us not to just make a difference so far in the journey but that actually we feel more confident and more capable about reaching further and faster. Um, because in the end, this is a storied uh, enterprise that's well over 100 years old and has got a, you know, we want it to thrive for hundreds of years into the future. Uh, and so that it's not just about he helped us solve X and I hope we do solve and make great progress on, on packaging and making it a circular economy. But I want them to be really thinking out into the future, into all the other things where we need to set bold visions uh, and take action and make it integral to part of our business. So I, I want them to be better and to see further than I could ever see and to do much more than I could ever think of doing. Well, I think that that, 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 that is a great answer. Um, I, I, I'd like to end by saying we'll have links to... Uh, uh, some of the Coca-Cola sustainability programs, because um, you've got some, some great information on your, on your corporate website. And then we'll do also the link to the CGF or the different pillars for the retailers or the wholesalers or manufacturers who watch this. And uh, with that, I will say, James, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. I'll see you at the next board meeting and uh, goodbye, IG family. Thanks, John. Great to talk to you.